0: You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. are going um i just got through like this last week feeling kind of like low energy Mm. probably because i was on my period so that was like having to deal Mm. with that i was really big on honoring my cycles for a while of and and recognizing that sometimes when you're in your menstrual cycle that it is best to just chill but i can't just chill cuz i have still have a lot of stuff going on with the house so that's not it's not an option i ended up working through and working through mother's day and working through
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah how was so, your mother's day i spent it painting all right well that's not a very motherly day but no. um, i mean this... i
0: took the kids to have breakfast in the morning but
1: okay What did they do for you? Because isn't it technically your day to be pampered? Right. Isn't it? Isn't
0: it normally? The problem is is that my husband wasn't here because he went to Canada for work. So uh, he left early Sunday morning. So he wasn't there to, like, you know, direct the kids to do the things because Uh. out of their own accord, they don't. They're just like,
1: oh, it's Mother's Day. Where are we going to go eat? (laughs) Where are you? Take, where are you taking us to where, eat with your money on your day? Yes, so this is this is why I don't have kids because they're little, they're needy, and they never do the right thing when it comes to <laughs> presents and shit.
0: They say that having a daughter is like having a little broke best friend, <laughs> and I have to say that that's pretty true.
1: Yeah, I would say, and you have two, so I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. a little yeah. broke best friend. Yeah, wouldn't that suck (laughs) if you were always the one like foot in the bill for your best friend? For your best friend,
0: do you do you? How is this relationship working? (laughs) Can you get a job? (laughs) You're 53, Karen. Could you get a job? (laughs) I'm tired of always covering lunch.
1: (laughs) I don't have a friend named Karen who's 53, so not offending anyone here. No, Uh no. Hey, do we have any um do we have any good Astro stuff coming up? So this eclipse
0: season's supposed to be pretty awful.
1: <laughs> it's uh, supposed to be awful. Somebody just posted in the group and it didn't sound terrible. So mm, okay. So but but that was, you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> okay, one it, of a thousand different posts that are out there.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. I don't like to be like native Nancy. So okay. but and it, but eclipses are they're like full moons on steroids so they like where full moons are usually like the endings of things it's closure to cycles eclipses do that on a larger level so if you look at like what's happening with the roe versus wade thing that's kind of like it's mm. it's that it's like a big it's a huge ending to a big cycle um Yeah. But with the upcoming Mercury retrograde, that's what's always on my radar because I'm big on uh, knowing what to expect because I don't like to freak out about it because I used to freak out about it a lot. Um, And I don't think that this upcoming Mercury retrograde period is going to be as bad as other ones have been uh primarily because it starts in gemini so it starts in gemini from may 10th through may 22nd and mercury rules gemini so it's at home in gemini and whenever yeah so whenever a planet is at home it's usually not you know not as awful Mm -hmm. um so with that uh the the things to focus on during that time is really focusing on your self-care, your mental health. So whatever whatever that means for you in order for you to maintain some good mental health as if it's meditation, practicing yoga or just doing things that relax you, that calm you, that's that should be a really good focus for that time to help you get through it. Okay. Um it it is a split though cuz it does go from Gemini into Taurus. And in Taurus, it's not it's not as fun. Mercury isn't as fun in Taurus because Taurus is more or Mercury is more of a go, go, go planet. And uh Taurus as a sign is more slow down and take out, like ch- you know, chill out. So right. so when you think of that in terms of communication, it is important to just like let yourself rest and not not. Go, 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 not jump to conclusions, not get into things um, too instinctively or rapidly. Um, just, you know, take it to, to take it slow, basically, is okay. what was really going to help. Um, the other thing, though, that is going to happen while Mercury is in retrograde is that there is going to be a um, a a close square with Mercury with Saturn in Aquarius. And what happens with that is that it, uh, s- Saturn will, um, it, it translates into bringing in some limitations and some challenging situations with authority figures. So
1: oh. oh, it well, makes sense with what's going on right now it, in exactly. the
0: world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So this on a personal level, it's really time to focus on on focusing on what is useful to us and what is not and not allow your mental energy to be drained by every single thing things that are arbitrary things that aren't actually aff- affecting
1: you yeah okay so basically getting caught up in your head mm-hmm. um you know uh, it's- Things that don't serve you, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then overall, I mean, the same, it's always the same rules for Mercury Retrograde as far as don't start new projects, don't buy big ticket items, don't sign contracts. Um, If you do have to do these things, just make sure, you know, you dot your I's and cross your T's when, when you, if, because sometimes you can't avoid it, right?
1: Right, right, exactly.
0: Uh, But if you can, it's best to maybe put it off for a little bit. It doesn't last that long um but it is the best time to just like literally clean out your closet or metaphorically clean out your closet yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah 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 wrap up your old old things old projects all that and then uh, reconsider like what you've been doing how that's been working and then where where that's going to go or where you're plan- planning on going mm-hmm. next
1: That sounds like what I'm doing with my services, you know, career services, that sort of thing. But then something also to keep in mind is that we are betwixt uh, eclipses. So there's another one coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that that is also bringing with it a ton of energy, a ton Mm -hmm. of energy. So it's a crazy time, crazy time. And it's going to be so cool to look back on it and go, all of this was happening, you know, planetarily astrologically numerically mm-hmm. and you know at this really historic time so very cool stuff i yep. love the astro updates yeah i am just getting ready for our retreat it's coming up it's like 17 days does it even feel like oh, it wow. isn't it crazy no it doesn't feel days. like 17 days at all yeah um putting together gift bags and door prizes you know all that good stuff um just making lists and you know getting out the luggage and all that pre-trip stuff that needs yep. to be done. Um, going, I'm going through my clothes um, and um, it better fucking be warm enough for shorts because um, I want some shorts. Here, I, I've been abused by Oregon because you can't, you know, Michigan is sort of has this, um, you know, you can't trust the weather in Michigan. One day it's, you know, 40 degrees and the next day it's 70. Right. So, oh. so I grew up, but here, I think it's worse. And honestly, it's May here and it's still cold. And I see all of the people in my from my Michigan people all in like mm-hmm. shorts and and sunny and I'm like, "What what the hell is happening over in oh. Michigan and why is it not going on the West Coast?" Of course, yeah. you're in like, you know, perpetual sun. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling like where the fuck is the sun? The yeah. Warmth.
0: I don't I don't have any complaints in that department it's uh, although it's been some really nice days though we've had some really nice days these last few weeks where it the hottest it got was like close to 90 maybe but other than that it was like 70s and 80s and it was great so especially for for painting
1: and I would I would like that weather year-round you know Um, yeah 70s um, 80s you know as long as there's the, the humidity isn't really super high right um, I like the warmer weather so <clears throat> I'm a warm weather person I just I don't know we'll keep our Maybe fingers anyway. crossed yeah 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 because you know sunny and beautiful um it'll be I don't think it'll be super hot it won't be super hot unless we have mm-hmm. like a hot spell but what you know I think we'll have good weather but cool you know awesome. Hey, have you ever um, snagged anything from Conscious Inc., the temporary tattoo website?
0: So I haven't bought anything, but I've checked them out and they look really cool.
1: I I have been following them for years and they are such a cool small business. Their mission is to make, you know, like this bigger impact using ink as a powerful tool to sort of disrupt those negative thought patterns that we have. Um, You know, those that sort of keep us from stepping into the best version of ourselves. So I Mm. think, so what they feel is like, you know, by seeing, like affirming and inspirational temporary tattoos on our skin, they sort of act as a reminder of who we, you know, truly are like badass, powerful human beings. And And plus they just look cool on, I love them.
0: Yeah, it's like having a affirmation, but you wear it. It's like wearing your affirmation. I like <laughs> Right? It. Yeah. It right?
1: Yes. And
0: I, I really do love that they stand behind their con- the conscious in their name. They have yes. a Give Ink Back program through which they've gifted over 100,000 tattoos to nonprofits around the country in an effort to give back and support humans, especially those in the field of mental health, which is so important in the current divided time.
1: It really is. It really is. It, Conscious Ink—they are absolutely the coolest. So check them out, you guys, at ConsciousInc.com and get you a new, uh, some new ink. Awesome. All right. Uh, do you have any announcements? Uh, I do not. Do you? No. Uh, I do. I have a couple. Um, I'm going to be giving live readings here in Portland at Psychic Sister located on Alberta in the Arts District. Um, The first day is Sunday, the May 15th, and then also Saturday, May 21st. It's super simple to book. You just go into the store, go up to the counter, snap my QR code that'll be up there, um, book and pay online, and then sit down for some psychic medium, like Kashuk goodness. Appointments are 30 minutes for 75 and if you want a longer reading or you want one more specialized, because I have like six different types of readings, you can just book with me from my website and we'll do that outside of Psychic Sister. Um, and for those of you that don't follow my other accounts on Insta, um, you can find me at Joe Akashic Reader and Joe Figueroa studio which is my jewelry line um, because I have another dope announcement um, about jewelry coming out um, like mid-june so cool things about that so awesome that's that's really all I have yeah I'm excited about it i um I wanted a way to change up jewelry um, yes and I think I came up with some really cool things so I know I talked to you a little bit about it
0: mm-hmm. yeah'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're getting back to doing these in person that's cool
1: yeah
0: all right i just do have one more thing um we only have two more spaces available for our weekend in west michigan for our wellness retreat and registration closes on friday may 20th so snag those spots and come hang out with us for more details visit our website at esotericspodcast.com slash events
1: two more spots that's exciting
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. Hopefully we can book them.
0: Yep. All right, Joe. what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, we're going to talk about a topic that has always been a huge, huge interest to me. Um, We're going to learn about the oracles at Delphi. And one of the reasons that I've always loved it is because, you know, I don't usually get into, um, you know, people that are like, oh, I was, you know, Cleopatra in a past mm-hmm. life. No, you weren't. No, you were not. You were not Cleopatra. Oh that was so don't, cool. don't be stupid, right? <laughs> prove but, it. Right. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have always, and my legs are tingling, so that's my validation. I've always known that I was one of the oracles at Delphi. Oh. um, They're called Pythia, okay? Oh, okay. Um, and so... In ancient Greek society, women very rarely held positions of power, okay? And they were considered to be second-class citizens, unable to participate in politics, own land, or inherit property, right? Mm. Like now, except kind of not sort of, right?
0: Typical patriarchy bullshit. Mm -hmm.
1: Typical patriarchy bullshit. However, there was one female who held an enormous amount of power, the Oracle at Delphi. A high priestess who for more than a thousand years, so they there were oracles for a thousand years. They had the power to render all of the men of Greece silent and oh. change the course of history with just their words. Just their words. Her words were the center of like economic, religious, and political power. What she said went. Okay. The oracle at Delphi. And again, they're called a Pythia. Um De- so what's Delphi? Delphi was this ancient religious sanctuary that was dedicated to the Greek god Apollo. So basically it was Apollo's temple. Okay. Um it was home to the oracle of Delphi. And um it was also a temple that held um these high priestesses and channels, mediums, mm. psychics, whatever, and they were called, they were all called Pythia.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: And the Pythia was, they were famed, like, throughout the ancient world, they sort of, um, well, they would divine, you know, the future, and Mm -hmm. they were consulted, you know, by royalty, you know, all of that. All right. So the the coolest part of delphi was that it was considered to be the center of the world and that was where the temple of apollo was and where pythia would sort of deliver her her prophecies so okay. um so there's this mythology so according to greek mythology zeus he sent two eagles out into the world he sent one to the east and the other to the west and he said okay birds go find the center (laughs) of the earth or the center of the world okay so the eagles met um you know at the future site of delphi and um zeus himself marked the spot with like this sacred stone that was called um and i don't know if i'm saying it right but o-m-p-h-a-l-o-s and it just means navel Which, you know, Greek mythology is cool, but how do we know those birds didn't, one didn't fucking stop for four days and the other one, we don't, I don't trust these
0: birds. I don't
1: trust birds
0: anyway. I don't trust birds.
1: I don't trust birds. Your bird is a perfect example.
0: (laughs) Of why I don't trust
1: birds. (laughs) (laughs) It'll bite you. right, but anyway, that's a cool little, you know, cool, cool little story. So, yeah. So, Uh, From, let's see, from 1400 BC to 400 AD, Delphi was considered like one of the most sacred, sacred sites in ancient Greece. And like now, if you think about it now, it was located like 112 miles from Athens. Um, And people would walk. They would walk that 112 miles. They would make pilgrimages to seek advice from Apollo, um, which was relayed to them by the Pythia. So uh, the Pythia was the channel. And so it was thought that she was channeling the god Apollo. Okay. 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 I mean, again, patriarchy bullshit, right? Why couldn't it just be Pythia given the, the knowledge?
0: Well, yeah, because they wouldn't take her seriously.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. All right. So how were these Pythia chosen? They were chosen among the priestesses of the temple. So like all these priestesses lived in this temple. And so when one Pythia would die, um, another would die would be chosen. Um mm. so even if like the newly chosen priestess was married or she had a family, she had to relinquish all her familial duties in order to fill her role at the temple. Mm. Which, you know, again typical patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, you just focus on one thing. I'd be like, I have kids and a husband at home. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <time>.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. No, that's crazy. Uh-huh.
1: So, if you were chosen as a Pythia, you mm-hmm. would have to tell Mike and the kids, sorry, I'm out. I got to go <laughs> do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Renovate your own house, damn it. <clears throat> Um, Okay, now, so here's the cool thing, though. The Pythia's gender, female, might have been Mm -hmm. a nod to the ancient oracles that used to believe under the guidance, or they used to live under the guidance of the Greek goddess Gaia. Because remember, the divine feminine was once the highest um, word, right? The divine, divine feminine was in charge, as we should be. We have the power of creation within our own body, between our legs. Um, so the Greek goddess Gaia, she was sort of the ancestral mother of all life. So that's why, um, you know, it's been rumored that the Pythia was gender or was female because, um, men held all positions of power at that time. Mm -hmm. So why was there a female Pythia? That was sort of the rationalization that uh, I see because of Gaia. Okay. Um, and here's, here's, here's another sort of shady, um, aspect of it is that initially young virgins were chosen to act as the vessel for divine communication so they were chosen as the Pythia but military officer Ecrates of Mm -hmm. Thessaly Ecrates of Thessaly remember that name he's a douche
0: okay he
1: kidnapped and raped a young Pythia in the late third century BC. Um, and so a law was passed that a virgin would no longer be the one to prophesize. Okay. So here's why I was like, what the hell? Because he when they tell this story when i was doing all of my research into this um they said he accosted her they said he would you know he he they used every single word the historians did except for rape I'm like, I, fuck except that for dude. rape he fucking kidnapped and raped her yeah so of course that's what he did so i said i put it in my notes um all right so this is what they did to fit instead of Punishing the rapist, this is what.
0: Right, it was bullshit.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hold on. This is what they do. So instead of punishing the rapist, they basically made women, the Pythia now had to be at least 50 years old, and they had to dress (sighs) to resemble a young maiden.
0: You can't see me rolling my eyes. It's just.
1: I can I can see you roll here. Okay. So <laughs> there are so many things wrong with this. I can't even like clearly <laughs> men haven't been held responsible for their fucking crimes for thousands of years. So instead of putting the accountability on the rapist, they cast a less desirable woman, but also dress her as a younger version. Fucking priests, because it was the priests that made this these rules. Because The temple was run by priests Mm -hmm. and -hmm. then the priestesses were the Pythia. So, yeah.
0: As always.
1: As always, right. (laughs) Even back then. All right. Well, all right. We're going to be positive here and we're going to (laughs) um, believe that it is time for the divine feminine to rise again and all this shit's going, um, is going out the door within the next probably Hundred years let's hope <laughs> all right back to this back to this story of <laughs> <laughs> just story about these women
0: we are supposed to have this huge change that happens of march 2023 just really? putting it yeah. out there yes yes it's yeah for another day just, but yes
1: which is probably why Which, like we said earlier everything's happening now right because it takes mm-hmm. time for change to come around so yes all right. So anyway, when a Pythia would die, a new one was selected from that temple of priestesses. And then they took her, they, or she took her place as the high priestess. So the Pythia was considered the high priestess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now the women that were chosen, the Pythia were all natives of Delphi and they were required to have led a life of good character. Okay. Remember priests are doing the picking.
0: Of course. Um
1: and although some were married, I said that they had to abandon their lives and devote themselves, you know, solely to the temple
0: mm.
1: and they would leave behind all of their family responsibilities and their, basically their individual identity. That's the part that was like, okay. So they lose their identity. Okay. Okay. So what, what exactly was their job? Like, how did they do their job? All right. So... First off, it was a very respectable position to hold for Greek women. So being a Pythia or the high priestess was actually um, a very powerful position, like I alluded to at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they enjoyed a lot of rewards for their position. So they had freedom from taxation, which trust me, I I would I would like that, too. Please. Um, They had the right to own property. Mm
0: hmm.
1: They received a salary in housing that was provided by the state. Because remember, Greeks were the, the original democracy. Yeah. Um, they were able to attend social engagements. You know, that one pissed me off. I'm like, what do you mean they couldn't? Like a woman couldn't uh, attend social engagements. What? Right? Yeah. Ugh. Stupid. Um, and then they also, this is the best part, in my opinion, they received a gold crown. You know, I'd wear that thing all, I'd wear it everywhere. <laughs> right yeah that's awesome <laughs> right so um in the very beginning when when they first you know when the pythia first started prophesizing um she would just do this she would prophesize or divine only just one day a year on the birthday of apollo
0: so she'd have to give up her whole life to work for one day,
1: for one day, what one day? I'm telling you, there's so many things about this that don't make sense. <laughs> I mean, overall, the story is so cool, but there's so many little things where I'm like, What in the hell? What the f- <laughs> all right, but then later as the oracle's um popularity spread and word spread and people started to come and see her more and more as many as 3 women begin began to serve as a pythia at a time with two mm. taking turns prophesizing and another kept in reserve so they would actually then do this like once a month okay um And, you know, there were, there are other oracles around the world, like during this time. So like being Mm -hmm. an oracle is actually, you know, um, there, there are several from, um, Indian culture or like, um, Hindu culture. There was just a lot, but the Pythia at Delphi were considered to be the most legitimate, um, you know, and the, those most revered or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So now how, how did they prepare to channel or prepare to deliver their words? Um, they went through a really cool physical and spiritual ritual. This part I do think is really cool. Um, they first they did purification of the body that was essential. And the process included fasting, bathing in like this sacred, um, cast, delian spring and then there was some burning of incense that was actually just bay leaves um Mm -hmm. and then she would prepare herself she would get all dolled up right dressed in Mm -hmm. these beautiful robes these flowing white robes and gold ornaments in her hair and and all that good stuff um you know it's just like getting getting gussied up for a night out
0: sure yeah Mm -hmm. except for the fasting part
1: Except for the fasting part, right? (laughs) Because if I
0: fast and I go out, I'll be one drink and I'm done.
1: (laughs) And then you're done. So then what she would do is she would sit on this like gilded stool. Um, It's like a three-legged gilded stool. And she would hold this dish of spring water. So there are some really Mm -hmm. cool pictures I'm going to post along with – with the, the with like the show art, mm-hmm. um, on the social, so you guys can see what I'm talking about, because it's 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 actually really cool. Or you can just Google, um, you know, um, the Oracles of Delphi, and then you'll see what they do. Um, so then what they would do is they would enter this sort of divine trance and uh-huh. channel Apollo, um, to foretell the future. They would do that by inhaling the sweet smelling fumes that were coming from deep fissures underneath the temple. Okay, so this was always really um, by later scholars. They were like, you know, that's not, you know, there was nothing that was coming up. There were no fissures. There was nothing, you know, they weren't inhaling anything. So modern scholars sort of dismiss this saying, uh, dismiss this by saying that they found. no underlying fissures or possible source of intoxicants, right? Mm. They concluded that the vapors, as well as the story of the oracles at Delphi was mythical. Oh girl, you know, that pissed me off. I was like, hmm. you know what? Fuck you scholars. I, I believe with my whole being that the story is based in some form of truth. There's some form of truth. And as a channel myself, I know the benefits of an altered consciousness, right? When tapping into those higher d- dimensions, yeah. hashtag yeah. cannabis. Yeah. so you know what i mean like i was like oh no no no, that's not that's not gonna fly so of course then i went on a tear like looking for um for you know anybody to refute that this is what i found yep in her paper how the pythia really performed in delphi researcher caroline tetty Argues that the idea of a drug-induced oracle is overplayed by many modern researchers, and that there are several descriptions of the Pythia as these sane, composed, and calm, you know, humans during readings. So why did they have to be, um, you know, on drugs in order to give, you know, in order to prophesize, mm-hmm. you know, even though there are, in my opinion, benefits of an altered consciousness when you tap in. Mm-hmm. All right. She believes that these women use channeling and mediumship abilities rather than drugs. And when I read that, I was like, yes, I knew it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she further stated. Even in the case of a drug induced woman in a frenzy, her prophecies, assuming them to contain some truth, which they they did, and there was there was later proof, we'll talk about some of that, they could not have come from the actual drugs themselves. So basically she's saying, like, dude, even if they were high, yeah. um, this th- the information still came from the woman.
0: Uh he, I mean, if if it was gases coming out of a fissure would just be like sulfur and stuff that comes out of rocks like i don't that doesn't make you high like if anything just
1: there there are so in 2001 a research team discovered the presence of ethylene in the temple's geology Uh and ethylene in large quantities can cause hallucinations if breathed enough of it in and it would likely cause like that frenzied state but still to say still um, there were other geologists that actually did research, and they're like, "No, there wasn't enough ethylene. So yeah. even if they inhaled the ethylene, it still wouldn't cause a frenzied state."
0: Sure. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. That doesn't. Yeah. I. I understand that. That doesn't jive.
1: No, it doesn't jive. Again, I think it's just you know um, modern scholars trying to um, you know say that it's mythology, which you know again. Mm-hmm. Okay so now we get to the part where people got to ask them questions so actually getting to stand before the pythia um there's a process to it and it was kind of yeah. weird um, mm-hmm. it, weird and also like it feels a little bit familiar so although anyone could see the pythia at delphi for a price so anybody could um it the price was usually an animal sacrifice <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Right. It's like what I would not. Be As always. As always, right? Or it was like a valuable author offering, which really only wealthy people um, and heads of state could give. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, a valuable offering, but and they paid well for preferential treatment. So that's the part that feels familiar. It's like nothing has changed for no. thousands and thousands of years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, the animal sacrifice, I know when we say it like that, when we say like it required an animal sacrifice, we're like, oh, like, you know, gross or, you know, or mean or or whatever. But how is it like that different from like, I bring a roast over to your house? I know, I know, right, right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Which would be a lovely gift, by the way. Just (laughs) say. You show up. I'm like, what do you got? You're like a roast. I'm like, shut up. Sit down. Let's crack into that thing. An animal (laughs) sacrifice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know, right? Okay. So most people that would come um they would like drew they would draw numbers to determine like the order of admission or you know but then there were people who brought larger donations of course they were given you know a higher place in line oh (laughs) of course right okay now they had to determine if the Pythia was ready um uh, uh, you know instead of her saying i'm ready they had Mm -hmm. to determine if she was ready Um, Um, if she was ready to accept apollo's powers right so basically this is um this is the process which is sketch and (laughs) (laughs) the process was that a priest would pour ice water over a goat poor goat (laughs) (laughs) and if the goat shook from the cold Indicated that Apollo, Apollo was present. I mean, if it's cold enough, of course yeah. the fucking goat's gonna shift. If the water didn't phase the goat, it meant the oracle was not ready. So it was up to the. It's like, wait a minute. So the goat got to determine if the woman was. Oh my god, the whole thing! It was the stupidest thing I've. I'm like, what? I'm like, that is the stupidest. Um, sort of process (laughs) to determine if a channel you know i want to get
0: down to what like the connection between goats and like mythology and like why goats like what's up with goats yeah anyway that's that'll be my podcast episode
1: (laughs) well listen i think that'll be a great podcast episode because i mean you know there is. What are, why are goats always showing up? Why are goats always the ones sacrificed? Yeah, yeah. why are they always poor goats? And I they're so goats. cute, too. I yeah, have goats, too. They're sweet. Um, okay, so the the pythia's channels were highly regarded um and like i said they affected everything from the outcome of wars um people would ask them about planting crops they would ask them about settling new lands so you know they they really they did hold the pythia in high regard it's just you know some of the some of the sort of rituals and practices surrounding getting to talk to the pythia were kind of crazy mm hmm so let's talk about uh, some of the prophecies and quotes um of the oracle of the delphi um so
0: yeah i want to know um, what they were asked
1: yeah right so i have to be honest i dug a little bit deeper into this because i wanted to maybe get a long list the list is not long but there are some mm-hmm. cool stories that came out okay okay so around 440 BCE which I was like what the hell is BCE um but it's BC before Christ what does the Mm -hmm. E stand for I do not know okay well I I left left that in there because I was hoping that you knew because you're like the the random knower of stuff I know you're looking it up right now I (laughs)
0: am oh before common era
1: okay before so is common era Christ
0: No, uh, no, it's A.D. after death. A.D. is after death, and then B.C. is before common era. So, yeah. Oh, I
1: thought B.C. was before Christ.
0: That's another way to. That's another way to say okay. it like, or to remember what it means, but okay. yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Now that no, see, I knew you yeah. know you mm-hmm. know. All right. So around 440 BC, the Oracle uttered one of her most famous statements. She said that there was no one wiser than Socrates. Uh, that's it. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, what, what's the story behind that? She just said it. And so apparently it's now her most famous thing that she's ever said. Hmm. Uh, I mean, okay, where's the proof? What I want some proof that there was no one wiser than Socrates. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a cool one. She inspired Lycurgus, who was an 8th century lawmaker, to draft the Constitution. Uh, Lycurgus also introduced like these very cumbersome coins that were made of iron in an effort to discourage greed because the oracle stated... Mm-hmm. Love of money and nothing else will ruin Sparta. So see, um, she, knew. Yeah, she knew. She knew. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Croesus, the king of the Lydians, asked the oracle to tell him what he was doing on a particular day. So he was testing her. Now, you know how mad I get when people try to test me as a psychic. Croesus <laughs> is like, I'm going to test this bitch. <laughs> and she said, I count the grains of sand on the beach and measure the sea. I understand the speech of the dumb and hear the voiceless. The smell has come to my sense of a hard shelled tortoise boiling and bubbling with a lamb's flesh in a bronze pot. The cauldron underneath it is of bronze and bronze is bronze is the lid. So it turns out she was correct. He was on the beach. He Mm -hmm. was cooking, um, you know, like, tortoise and lamb in a pot on the beach so it turns out she was actually really she was spot on (sighs) and so he's like oh she knows she knows like she's legit so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna ask her another question and so he said he asked her if he's like should i attack persia Uh uh-huh and she replied she said a great empire will fall if you attack and oh. so he attacked, and but it was his own empire. It was his fell. own empire, yeah. See, that was the origin of fuck around and find out. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. That's, that's, that's what happens there. All right. So, again, there weren't a ton of really specific stories about prophecies, and I was really disappointed um, because I wanted to hear more. But, you know, record keeping back then uh, clearly was not um, up to par, Um,
0: especially because these are things that were said by a woman.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, just like, how is it? did they have paper i think they had paper back then did they have like yeah they paper mean, and scrolls and they stuff they so, papyrus yeah that's right <laughs> that's right remember your story list about papyrus papyrus yes papyrus <laughs> all right so the oracle eventually came to an end the power of the oracle at delphi it peaked between the 6th century bc and the fourth century bc
0: Mm.
1: kings and queens and generals and soldiers of course like i said they traveled all over to Mm -hmm. visit Mm -hmm. and due to that the oracle at delphi um the temple the sanctuary it all sort of became steeped in this you know energy of power and fame and wealth Mm -hmm. and so although it had become an independent greek entity right because of democracy yeah Many groups desired control of Delphi. Sound familiar? Yeah. So from the 5th century BC until the 1st century BC, various groups, they were always battling for control Mm -hmm. of Delphi. And so finally in 191 BC, the Romans took Delphi and held it for like 600 years. Oh. So that was 191 BC. So... Finally, the Oracle at Delphi, it came to an end in 392 AD. And so that's when Roman Emperor Theodosius. That's how you're gonna I'm gonna say it. Theodosius.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This butthole banned all pagan worship across the empire, and they completely shut down and destroyed the sanctuary. So you can go online and look at pictures now. It's just um it's all there's some actually some really cool ruins there, yeah. Um, but they destroyed the temple and all that. So and so, um, Christian Rome outlawed prophesizing. That's basically what happened. So of course, yeah. The final or the final Pythia, um, in her final words as an oracle, so the last words that the oracle ever muttered were, "All is ended." Period. And that's, that was sort of how Mm. the Pythia, the Pythia came to an end. Oh, well. I know. Yeah. So that's sort of the background in the story of the oracles at Delphi, the Pythia. And that, you know, they were the really, really powerful women. And so I wanted to do that because I love that topic, but also because it ties in so beautifully with what's going on right now how powerful women and how wise and powerful women actually are. And hopefully, this is the beginning of the, you know, the rise of the feminine. Look, here's the thing I'm not saying that that we have to rise up and rule. But what has to happen is I posted something, um, in the group that there needs to be balance. There, there can be no inequity women and men on the same level, the same, um, everything is the same because there's a balance because women need the assertiveness of the masculine. Yeah. The masculine men need the empathy and the compassion of women. And only when we all come together working with each other is there going to be, you know, um, the sort of life that we all want. But right now, it's not happening, especially with women who support the patriarchy. Because there are surprisingly a lot of women who are like, men is... The man is in charge. And it's like, well, he's in charge of you, but he's not not shit to me. So, you know, we got to figure this out because it's insane. It's just getting crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: You got anything for the closing vibe?
0: Uh, No, I have a funny story.
1: Yeah, that's even better. (laughs) Well, it was just, it made me
0: think about it right now. So, you know, my daughter, I, my oldest daughter works at Starbucks. And there's this, speaking of women who support the patriarchy, okay. There's this woman that comes into her store and she's so awful. And she asks for, she asks for her certain drink, whatever, like with however many pumps or whatever. And if a certain, per, like, she only wants certain people to make her drink. And she'll say, like, I want so-and-so to make my drink. And, she, and my daughter's like, we fucking push buttons. Like, no <laughs> one's, like, you know, pulling your espresso and, like, you know, mixing stuff. Like, we push buttons. Like, you think that some of us push buttons differently? Like, how stupid. <laughs> and recently they found her TikTok. And on her TikTok, her th- it says she's an anti-feminist.
1: Shut up. How do you be an an ant? How are you an anti-feminist?
0: Yeah. And so basically it's just, I don't know. She forgets that she's a woman. I don't get it. I don't understand. But that's basically, yeah. So she all that same null, stupid, baseless points that men with podcasts... (laughs) Like who get made fun of on TikTok all day long, uh, make she just reiterates, and it's just like you—you you don't even. You're just you're in an echo chamber. You don't even have an original thought. Like you're just regurgitating ideas that you're hearing from other people, and then just saying them back, like like it's your thought. And it's like no, you didn't even think about that. Like yeah. So sorry, that's not a closing vibe, but it was just like.
1: Well, it is a closing vibe. You know, one of the things that we were talking about today was that, you know, um, h- how it ties into just to help make a point of what you're saying is that yeah. we we're talking about addiction and that, um, you know, there are many reasons for addiction. There's an author um, that says addiction isn't in place because of the reasons that we think it's because people don't feel connected. So it's fear based, but it's more about connected, mm-hmm. which people you know, do drugs to disassociate, right? Mm-hmm. Disassociate from themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, we were talking about: imagine if we were taught from birth that we were special beings, we had a special place in life, that everybody had a special talent, and that talent in each individual was nurtured. Um, yep. That we were taught how to connect with others at you know deeper levels very early on Um, imagine what the world could be like if every single human being was felt connected to each other we wouldn't have half the shit that we have and so that's what ties into these women they don't feel connected so what what these anti-feminists are probably mother haters they probably don't have to have a good relationship with their own yeah Mm-hmm. Yes. Or uh, a woman did them wrong in a way, trauma, all that stuff. So there's yeah. just, there's no connection there, which is really sad because those of us that do have, um, you know, like myself, who I'm now contact with my mother. Um, it's not that she is a bad human. She just didn't teach me how to be. I've had to teach myself everything and i struggle with Mm -hmm. a lot of things because of it Mm -hmm. but i don't hate women yeah or i'm not an anti-feminist yeah you know i just i don't get it
0: yeah i don't know this this woman walks into her store at least two to three times a day and yeah and she's awful all all around sometimes she comes in right at closing time and sits in the lobby and so they can't do like, you know, they're closing things like mop the floor oh, and stuff. she's
1: miserable. She's
0: awful. Yeah. And so rumor is, is that like her husband or whoever, her significant other, um, that he like, he's like abusive to her. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, that's so awful. And that completely sucks for her but like why does everyone else have to pay for it that sucks That sucks. so I just hope that she's able to get out of it and hopefully one day be a better person because so far she's just like she walks in and they all cringe
1: well you know we can sit here and be like oh it sucks to be her it sucks to be her but you know if I was in there behind the counter and I saw her walking in all empathy out the door I'd be like get the fuck out no go turn around we don't want you here no
0: I know, but as employees, they're like not enabled by corporate to um to to be that way. I mean, I think they should, but yeah. that's me. I mean, I yeah. I'm I'm like on your last day, let me be in there. And I they can't fire me. I don't work there. Oh, that's
1: right. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. And she has to record it so we can all see it. Right? <laughs> Yeah, you'll send that shit to me. Yes, (laughs) we'll go viral. Oh my god! Oh my god, that would be awesome. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I think that's it, right, for this week. We got anything
0: else? That's it. Yeah. All right, as always, everyone, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast, and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Community. To hear firsthand about our services, events, and courses, as well as get intuitive development tips, card pools, free meditations, and a lot more.
1: You guys, thank you so much for inviting us into your ears this week. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again all fucking all over again. Next episode. <laughs> Catch you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.